This time on Matters. Fixing a dryer. Being a therapist. Airplane money. Carbon monoxide. All this and more on this exciting episode of Matters. Matters. His name is Matt. His name is Matt. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Welcome to Matters, where two guys named Matt talk about what matters to you. I'm Matt Noss. Right next to me is my good buddy, Matt Rose. How you doing, Matty? Mm, feeling, feeling better this one. Buddy, let me ask you a question. Shoot. You have a scratch on your forehead. I do. What happened? Um, I, <laughs> I surprised one of my cats when I picked <laughs> her up. And, uh, I, well... You reaped, you, know, you reaped the reward of surprising a cat? Yeah, a cat with claws, yep. Oh, that God. is, uh, and you know, I mean, I, I don't think she felt bad about it because, like, you know, she's a cat. But also, like, I knew what I did. I I snuck up and like picked her up because she was doing something stupid, and the claws just kind of oh, right along God. right along the face. That is no fun. But I hope it is healing. Oh, it's nice. fine. It, yeah, I mean. It, it luckily it missed my eye by by like an inch or two, so that was good. But uh, it was my fault. All right, I was, I was stupid. Matt, we have talked about this day for a long time. For, yeah, for hundred and some hundred and some episodes that we've known. This gentleman has listened to the show. Uh, we know him from mentioning him numerous yeah, many times, times on the show. On this show. Uh, and he <laughs> brought his wife with him today, who I have worked with personally and a, a big fan of as well. Please welcome to the show, Chris and Ruth Heiner. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, thank you so much. Ruth, thank you so much for being here. Um, Chris, we had to have you on the show because, like we said, uh, we are at episode 197, and you are one of the few people that we know in this whole wide world that has been listening since the early days, since when we uh, first started to have guests, and then that long drought where we didn't, <laughs> and that long drought where we listened and watched T-Man. The dark times. Is there the dark times. And we wanted to have you on, and we wanted to say thank you. First and foremost, but you know, tell us how great our show is. I think that's the first. <laughs> Which Matt is your favorite? <laughs> it, it's, it's a fun show to listen to. <laughs> it, it, even in the dark times, it was amusing. <laughs> I, I will admit, I watched one episode of He Man just to see what pain you're going through, and went, "I'm glad they're doing it." And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's every time we bring it up, we talk about the rec- the one we recorded with Jen Hansen. Where she was just like, boys, no. Three quarters <laughs> way through the episode, she was like, you guys got to stop. <laughs> you have a problem. We, yeah. yeah, we had a problem. Yeah. I'm just glad that Chris listened to it when I was out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth, if you would have heard it, would you have been like, no, seriously, I need you to turn this off? <laughs> yeah, and I have actually done that to him before. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, I get... I get it. I get that you're listening to the mats, but uh, <laughs> need, need to cut it off right now. <laughs> um, we, we, uh, Matt was like, we need to have Chris on the show. We need to say thank you. We need to ask him about why he, why he stuck with us because we're a fun show to listen to. But we don't know 
much about Chris. Yes. That's the problem. You know all now you know all about us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know lots about you. You so. know you, you you could make sure that we could either be successful senators or unsuccessful <laughs> senators. Unsuccessful is my guess. But. Right. I think it would just be burying our campaign right away. You don't want to be senators. No, we don't. We have no desire <laughs> really to be in politics. Don't. Really don't. Um, but Chris, tell us about yourself. Well, let's see. Uh, I work in IT for a giant company that nobody's ever heard of because we don't actually buy billboards or anything like that. So <laughs> if, you're in the, if, if somebody sells financial services products, they know who we are. But if you, otherwise, unless you own something from us, you've never heard of us. That's crazy. Are you still... Now, the last time I checked in with you, you were living near us, not too far away, but mm-hmm. near us. But you were driving like an hour and a half, two hours. To Lansing, wasn't it? I go to Lansing. Now I just do uh, two days a week. So it I was like from home the rest of it. It was so. like five days a week, right? I used to, yeah. I had a lot of time for podcasts. Yeah. That is one way that we made sure to stay in rotation. <laughs> <laughs> Be releasing on Friday and having all the good podcasts come out Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> you blow through those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, yeah, the then drought Friday. Day. Yeah. <laughs> on occasion, matters will pop up. Actually, matters <laughs> sits in the priority list. What? Yeah. Oh, there's six crazy. podcasts on my priority list, and Matters is one of them. What are the, the others? What are the other kind? Uh, one of the others is well, three of the others are airplane related. Hmm. One of them is kind of pod faded, but he's kind of busy. He actually lives not far from here, and oh wow, uh, he's you know got kids that are in high school and you know a, an actual a life to deal with stuff. So hopefully right. he'll actually get back to it. But one day I'll get there. Airplanes. Yep, airplanes. You have a. I did not know this about you. You have an airplane. Fascination. I like airplanes. I play flight simulator. Someday I'll, you know, get around to actually learning how to fly them in real life. But uh, when she gets a little bit more money coming in here, <laughs> <laughs> I like that you pointed to Ruth like, ah, it's airplane money time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the one thing I will say is, don't go to an air show with him because he will drive you crazy. He will point at a plane and play thirty questions with you. Okay. What can I expect in the Chris Heiner airplane experience? He will point to a plane and say, okay, we saw this three years ago at this place. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what it is. He did this to me once in the desert in California. It was over 100 degrees. This was, I think, the third airbase we were at. I wasn't having it at that point. I finally just yelled at him, if you want me to know about the plane, tell me about it. I'm going to be inside, and I'll wait for you. (laughs) (laughs) To which you were like, okay. Fine. Fine. But also, (laughs) we saw this plane. (laughs) I can tell you if it's a jet. I could tell you if if it's a prop plane. I can tell you if it's World War II, um, probably Korean War, Vietnam era, or modern. Beyond that, your guess is you're, as good as you're mine. better off than I am. So you haven't been you haven't been dragged to air shows all this over is, the place. This is true. I yeah. like to I like to avoid air shows if possible. I'm at that point too. A few years ago, we watched a wing walker and her pilot die. Oh no! Yeah, right in front of us. Ooh, no yeah, thanks. yeah. So I kind of moved into the I really don't want to do this camp, and he's just perfectly fine. There's something wrong with the boy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You're like, hey, it's all part of the 
part of the show. No. <laughs> now, this is grim, but I imagine once that occurs, air show's over, right? Yes. Well, actually, they kind of had us stick around saying, well, we may start up again later. And I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. Let us go. Well, there, there's a technical reason why they have you stick around, because if everybody goes to leave right away, it's hard for the emergency vehicles to get in and out. Mm. Oh. But let's put it this way. There was nothing for them to retrieve. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those kind of accidents. Grim. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Welcome to Matters, where two guys <laughs> named Matt talk about plane accidents. <laughs> Are you sure you want me on the show? Oh, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I... Remember going to see like one or two plane shows or air, what do they call them? Air shows. Air, air shows. shows. Air shows. And it was always like, when are they coming? When are those blue fucking angels going <laughs> to scream across the sky? At the end. Exactly. <laughs> they make you watch like, I'm there in the air, circa 1922. Hi. If it ain't a, I have no idea what a plane would be called, but like, this little bad boy has been on. It's like, <laughs> yeah, there are some of those shows where the, you get, okay, we've seen several of those. Okay, get on with it. Next act. And I'm just like, just give me, I need to hear Highway from the Danger Zone blaring <laughs> through a speaker that can't handle anything that's supposed to be solely for voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> Just screaming overhead. Have you ever been in a jet like that? No, no, I have not. I've been in you know World War II planes. I've been in some older planes than that. Like uh, oldest plane I've been in was a Ford Trimotor from the twenties. That the sides of it are actually made out of corrugated aluminum, like you know, suitcase. Oh wow! (laughs) What? It's got curtains on the windows and everything. (laughs) Holds like twelve people. It was like the first airliner. It, you know, it was quite a f- fun little ride. <laughs> oh my god, that thing had to be cold as hell in the air. That one, well, it wasn't bad because it was August when I did it. But some of the other planes, like the World War II planes, the bombers and stuff, those, you know, we flew in them in the summer, and yet you can just imagine those guys, you know, World War II with, you know, even with their leather coats on and their little heater things they had in there, those guys flying a whole lot higher than we were, and those guys were yeah. miserable. You had yeah, to be. You had to be absolutely freezing. We were, uh, Catherine and I, a couple of years ago, were lucky enough to be able to go to Hawaii. We were on a Honolulu, and we went to Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. And when you go to Pearl Harbor, have you been? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So you kind of know, like, to see everything at Pearl Harbor, is a it's a full day. Like, you could actually probably spend more than one day there, but we were like, this is our vacation. Let's not spend a whole two whole days there. It didn't work out that way uh, because to see the Arizona, t- it, the weather conditions have to be on your side. Mm-hmm. So we bought the tickets and everything looked fine. And by the time it was our turn to go out to the Arizona, they shut it down. They were like, mm-hmm. nope, these boats aren't going out to the Arizona today. And I don't know exactly why that is, but it has probably something to do with the boats and that if it ever shifts it would just be the worst but so we went one day and we did everything so we did the bowfin we did the tour and then we went and then i didn't know that they had like the old carriers there or the old aircraft hangers yeah they had the aircraft hangers there 
and there was actually somebody there was a surviving vet in in the space and he's like yeah i was here i'm from and it was like from lansing i'm like you're from michigan he's like yeah i'm like we're from michigan he's like huh that's a small world yeah i live here now <laughs> a lot of them live in hawaii and uh he was like yep that uh the glass up there the that's uh bullets from the day I'm like what and he just was really nonchalant and then he was like yeah i don't like to talk about it too much and i was like why are you in the hangar <laughs> from Pearl Harbor when you don't like to talk about it too much? I'm like, well, it's really nice to meet you. But seeing all those planes, I love the logos that they put on those planes. Oh, yeah. yeah. The nose art yeah. and all that. The nose art is like my favorite part of it because like I can, I never got into it serious enough to be like, I know what this is. Um, like I can't identify anything. I might be like, a tomcat and they would be a propeller plane and they'd be like no nah, that's not a tomcat and then they show me another one i'd be like tomcat, tomcat. <laughs> i keep just keep going until you're I right just yeah. keep going f1 tomcat <laughs> f1 tomcat no matt nope that's a helicopter <laughs> oh whirly bird <laughs> it's, it's an old the old whirly bird the old <laughs> the old workhorse whirly bird <laughs> actually that's pretty much what i do anymore when 30 questions come up I'll just pick one plane and just keep saying it until I get it right. You're like, uh, is that the uh, the old, the old? <laughs> is that an a Harrier? Is that, is that a Phantom? Is that a, is that a Phantom? Yeah, that's a Phantom, right? Okay, so this one is a Phantom. Phantom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Two can play at this game. You're gonna keep asking me questions. I'm just gonna give you the same answer to every question. That's and the, uh, that's how you stay married for over 20 years. <laughs> that's the old C3. That's the old C33 uh, power, C3PO. power puff. That's, that's, that's the, the old. That's the old R2 R2 in it. Yep. Yep. The Harrier is easy because that's the one that we'll take, take earplugs to. <laughs> oh, or really? we go to an air show. This has got a Harrier because they're since they hover in front of you, mm-hmm. they are incredibly loud. And yes. they stay in front of you, as opposed to, you know, like the Blue Angels or something, they come flying past you. Okay, you get that crack of noise, mm-hmm. and then they're gone and, until they come around again. The Harrier sits there, just, you know, like a giant vacuum cleaner running in front of you. <laughs> just <laughs> screaming in your face, like, yes. I am a jet! <laughs> Look but, at me! But then, it, but then it sits there and goes backwards, and you go, jets don't do that. <laughs> so what is a Harrier? It, it's the plane that... The British and the Marines use that's a that jump jet, jump jet, that vertical takeoff and landing. Right, I've seen yeah, that. Do you remember True Lies? That's the, a Harrier. The jet, yeah, the jet that he gets in at the end of the movie is a Harrier. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I didn't know it. Uh, I have to uh, subvert to Ruth here for a moment, okay, and say congratulations because I know that you passed a very serious test. Thank uh, you. Of which uh, the last time that I saw you, saw you, I want to say was the Human Amusements Best Up Show, right? And it was right before I was going to take the test, the like the night before. So I forget yeah, what that was the, the last time I saw you, right? Too. And I was like, "Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> Study for the test. Do what you need to." I was studied out at that point. I get that. Uh, yeah, um, it's called the E Triple P. And Chris has the best way of describing it to people who aren't in the field, which is um, lawyers have the board. Okay. Mm-hmm. Psychologists have the P to become fully licensed. Okay. Okay. So passing is 500. I scored 511, which 
I actually started hyperventilating when they handed me the printout because other tests, you get the score right on your screen. You had to walk all the way up front after you're done and get a printout. And the guy had to go to three different stations to find a printer that actually had it sitting there. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So by the time that he came back, I was just... I, oh, I, your brain is like, I didn't pass this. I didn't pass this. I'm going to have to take it again. Well, and the thing is, that's kind of normal. Uh, you usually don't pass it the first time from what I've been hearing. I know people <laughs> that have tried five, six times. Whoa. And oh, wow. it's $700 each time you take it. Holy oh, God. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, that's airplane money. It is. It is. So <laughs> now that I've. Now Chris that is I've over been, here like, one and done, baby. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, um, I was crying so hard in the car, I almost had to text Chris to ask him to come get me, even though I was just about a mile away from the house. So <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That has to be euphoric, just like being done. Yeah. Well, actually, that was supposed to be the hard part. It turns out the really hard part is trying to get enrolled with different insurance companies. Mm. They do not make it easy, nor do they always want you. See, I know this guy... In- IT <laughs> that has a whole bunch of solutions for like money management or something mysterious, <laughs> some dark web stuff. <laughs> he might be able to come up with something that puts it all together and then airplane money, <laughs> baby. Well, he was actually sitting next to me as I was trying to fill out the application to be a Medicaid provider through the state. Mm-hmm. And even Chris was getting confused. So I finally called him over. I said, okay, I've gone stupid. I can't figure this out. And he's sitting there and he's like, uh, maybe click that. They need a user experience expert. Wow. wow. Maybe click that. Yeah. That's a nightmare. Yeah. And I found out by accident the next day that I was actually accepted. I, I had an application number. And so I went in to see if it was if it was a, you know gone through and it said oh yeah you're here's here's access to the system oh okay so what am i supposed to do with this now and i'm still looking at like i have no idea what i'm doing and i've talked to other therapists and they said yep that's kind of how it works you have no idea how to actually bill oh jeez so is there like you're on your own pretty much so you could honestly give service deliver service not know how to bill for it, and just eat the sandwich. Pretty much. Actually, I'm doing that with one person who came to me because she claimed that Medicaid had me listed on the site as a provider. And I said, oh, really? Well, maybe I should look into actually getting in on this then. Interesting. A lot of provider, I mean, a lot of insurances will do that. They'll just list people randomly saying, yeah, this, this person takes it, and they've never heard of the insurance, so... I was mm-hmm. I was very fortunate um, when I was going more regularly to therapy mm-hmm. that the person I went to she charged a rate that was reduced because she was expecting that she was like well if you're she had no faith in the insurance let's just put it like yeah, that yeah none of us do she was like look uh, I don't know if it's gonna pay or not so I've got to ask that you pay this much and I was like no problem I will do that that seems fair. And then when it came through, when my insurance actually worked, she was like, good news. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can work some out an even better deal because now I'm getting 
money from your insurance, which I did not expect. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being honest and telling me. Yeah, then even if you can take the insurance, there's always this threat hanging over your head that you can be audited. So what is that about? Oh, that's when they send you a letter and say, hey, we're going to go through all your records for all of your clients that take this insurance. And if we see something we don't like, you're going to have to give us money back. What, do they just do this randomly or is there usually something that sets this in motion? Officially, it's supposed to be because something they didn't like happened and they're going to check you out. But there have been some cases where you kind of wonder, was it just random? Um, there's an insurance company that I don't even work with anymore because I didn't like their policies. I, I stopped taking it early last year, I got a letter from them at my home address using a, well, using a different company. It wasn't from the insurance company itself. It was addressed to me at my home address using a license that I hadn't had in like five years. And they're saying, yeah, we've went through the stuff that you've sent in and you've been charging for an hour session way too many times. And other therapists in your area are charging this percentage for this and this percentage at 45 minutes and so on and so forth. And if you keep it up, we're going to have to audit you. And I'm thinking, audit away. I'm not even, I'm not even taking you hmm. anymore. And then they started calling the home phone, asking, what? leaving voicemails because our home phone goes straight to voicemail. And I saw this notification. They're saying, yeah, if we're calling from Meridian. We want to see if you got the letter. Oh, Meridian, huh? Yeah, and I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, contact me at my office where I was actually billing you and you were sending everything else to. Um, that, sounds, that sounds like dirty pool to me. Uh, it, it's, yeah. it sounds like that's something the mafia's insurance Exa company uh, thank would you. do. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. We're just saying that maybe you charge for many hours that we don't know about. <laughs> We sure would, would like be a shame if something happened to you if you build three times over 45 minutes in the f in the next two weeks. Also, Did that not make sense? No problem. I'm an insurance company. <laughs> also, maybe you would be interested in a lightweight program. It is uh, where we take you out for drinks <laughs> <laughs> and try to get you drunk fast. <laughs> and then we call you a lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> this is all stuff that works. <laughs> is anybody else's nose bleeding? What happened to Matt? Well, we lost him. He got halfway through the show and just completely lost his mind. Yeah, so, started bleeding from the nose. Yeah. Standard, 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 standard podcast. That's SOP around these parts. <laughs> Did I mention on this show that my CO2 alarm went off? Yes. No, Matt. Your CO alarm sure. went off. Sure. That's it. My carbon monoxide alarm there you went go. off. Mm -hmm. And it was because I was trying to be a helpful husband and use these hands of mine to fix an appliance. And uh, in doing oh, it, no. so my dryer stopped working and you would have to turn it to like, First things first, it's a world. It's a GE. It's a GE. And it's about 10 plus years old. And there's something that you should know if you have a dryer that's 10 plus years old. The dial 
should only ever go clockwise. If you ever go counterclockwise on those things, it's going to break. <laughs> it's going to break hard. Guess what? You broke it. We broke it, guys. We broke it. I'm using the royal we here because I <laughs> don't want to incriminate anybody else in the house. <laughs> guys, we turned it the wrong way. So broke it, which is fine. It's not fine. Uh, it's fine. Uh, so I, I was like, okay. So then you had to like put it on the timer. And I was like, no problem. We can use the timer. The timer works. And then 60 minutes stopped working. Like you would press the button at 60 and be like, boop, boop, boop. So then you could only get it to 30 minutes to go. But it would kind of give you like maybe 25. I was like, all right. I'm going to go to Sears Parts Direct. Find the part for this thing. Oh, they stopped making the part for this thing. That's a cool story. Thanks, General Electric. What do you make? Or what will work? This timer will work. All right. Because I don't want to buy a dryer. This is the truth. I'm just getting cheap right now. I don't want to <laughs> buy. We have the money. We could buy a dryer. But I want to buy a dryer. You want airplane money. Guys, I'm trying to get that Cessna. <laughs> um, what airplane would you get right now if you had to buy an airplane, Chris? Uh, it would depend on what, how much airplane money there was. <laughs> Dream airplane money. What are you getting? Dream airplane money? Uh, that Spitfire that I saw for sale the other day was pretty cool. Whoa, somebody <laughs> was selling a Spitfire? Yeah. Holy I was, I was going to say the Blackbird, but you know, oh. you, you, yeah, you those, pick whatever you want. Anyway. The Spitfire would be fun, but it was also like, you know, converted from pounds. It was like $3.2 million. I'm going, okay, can't really afford that. Okay, and then on the other end of the spectrum, the, the first plane that you could get, what do you think? A paper airplane right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth, airplane money. <laughs> I have to replace my car first. Oh, God, what happened to your car? <laughs> oh, God, it's 14 years old. That's what happened to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, is that the... it's the Passat. It's okay. The, it's the diesel. The engine will live forever. The rest of the car is not. <laughs> the rest of the car is like, not so much. Yeah, just had it up there for a week again up in Waterford. Oh, oh man. Geez. Yeah. It's happened now four times in the past year. Oh, wow. What is it? What's going on with it? It's just, just... everything around it is falling apart. Um, well, first it was the camshaft and lifters because VW kind of sent out a whole batch of them in 2004 with unhardened camshafts. So when you hit about 150,000 miles... They start to go... Oh, yeah. It oh, happened geez. to Chris a lot sooner than mine because he drives a lot more. Okay. So when that one happened, he said, oh, it's only about $1,000 fix. We're fine. I said, what? I'm the one that wrote the check. And he said, no, it's only about 1000 I said, what were you thinking? No, 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 no. It's much more. And then he found out how much more. And he was saying, but it's cheaper than a car payment. And then the serpentine belt went. Shit. Mm. And then a fuel injector went. And then recently it was the vacuum pump and hoses. So it's like... So eventually you will just have a completely new car. <laughs> well, the thing is, every time they go in there, they're saying, okay, everything's solid. And at the moment, everything is solid. But it's also 14 years old. Yeah. So then something else will decide, so oh, I think I'm going to go now. Well, I had a 2004 Honda Civic Si that I was driving the wheels off of, mm -hmm. and then it, that started to happen. And the engine on that one was pretty darn good. Like, I treated that car like garbage, and it was like more. Not, not the first few years you didn't. No, but then eventually it's like, eh, who needs oil changes? I mean, <laughs> they're kind of ideas. Uh, let me just dump uh, synthetic oil in every couple 10,000 miles. It'll be fine. We burn it off. Um, 
But I mean, the car was doing great. But then, like, I cracked my muffler at the catalytic converter, and it needed a new catalytic converter, and there was no way I was going to buy a catalytic <laughs> converter for that car. And then uh, it was like... Bypass pipe. Me? Yeah, that would have been an idea that I could have done. <laughs> That's what we actually did on an MG Midget. Really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the catalytic converter one, so we did bypass pipe. And then my... Well, this is when I was living at home, and my dad took it to Midas and... Came back with the glass pack on it. It sounded awesome. It sounded fantastic. But he also wiped out my bank account to do it. Oh, no. Yeah, I was only working part-time at a bakery. So he just took all my money. He's like, yeah, well, but your car sounds really cool now. I'm like, oh, gee, thanks. Then I, <laughs> then I got in and it's like, well, it does actually sound cool, but I have no money. Back to the paper airplane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I get the timer from Amazon. It was $50. And I, I fixed the dryer. This is how I segue. Uh, I fixed the dryer and it works ish because it's not the same timer because it's just a generic timer now. But if I put it at timer at 60 minutes, it'll do the whole thing, but it will dry the clothes. I'm like, that's perfect. So let's uh, start drying some clothes. Carbon carbon monoxide detected. (laughs) Like, why is carbon monoxide? And we're leaving for Chicago. So I'm like, well, we'll figure this out later. And then I was like, I think I know what happened. I pulled the dryer away from the wall. The exhaust hose came off. Oh. And lo and behold, when I came back on Sunday, moved the dryer out and the exhaust hose was just like, sup, dude? <laughs> <laughs> what you doing? I'm like, what are you doing? Not on this thing. And then I saw how he hooked this up. Like he used kind of like flimsy... Like there's kind of two ways, I guess, to do exhaust from um, a, a dryer. One of them is like that flexi pipe, yeah. and the other is like pipe pipe, yeah, kind of aluminum piping that you can get down there. And he did the aluminum piping thing, but he left himself no room to work on it. So it was like, honestly, this dryer has been truly just backed into the spot for however long it's been there. And once I moved it away from that, it was like, that's not really a solution. So I bought flexi pipe. And ugh, I hate flexi pipe so much. It's the metal it, fe- it, flexi pipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just bends and breaks and is terrible. So I got it as long as it would go because I was like, I'm just going to do a single run of this flexi pipe to my exhaust port to the exhaust of the of the dryer. No problem. We're good. All right, it's not quite there yet. Well, maybe I can use this piece of the old stuff, and then I just have to make this a little bit. Of popped it popped right in the middle of this flex pipe yep. i'm like okay no problem oh that smarts let's just get the old tin snips here and just <laughs> so i i frankensteined it with uh nothing but uh, i used what they had before with the flex pipe we made it happen uh we didn't buy a new dryer we're still gonna we're still going to limp through with this dryer for another minute. But we don't have uh, carbon monoxide in the house anymore. That's good. So that's that's good. But if anybody feels de- dizzy or sleepy, well, we'll see you later. <laughs> well, that's a common state for me. So how am I going to know the difference? Yeah, I was going to say, like we, we've already established. Oh, Chris and I will be your anchors, guys. You'll be fine. <laughs> we'll put some He-Man on. Yeah, we'll put some He-Man on. It'll feel like we're all dying. <laughs> Nobody understands me. <laughs> uh, I watched something that's I watched something on Skeletor 
the guy who did the voice. And then they showed the other voices that the, he did for other cartoons. And they were all skeletal. <laughs> yeah. A one-trick pony. A little bit. Yeah. He was like, Skeletor was like, ah, it's you, beast man, you idiot. And then it would be like, the Snake King from Montezuma's Revenge. Ow, snake people. <laughs> <laughs> and like they go to him and he's like, so I borrow from myself. <laughs> 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 well, steal from the best is uh, what I like to say. Well, he has that corner. He has that part of the market cornered. Yeah, true. There's, there's no one else who's doing evil skull people quite like him. I I do have deep love for Skeletor in that voice, and it shows. Yes, well, it's the only voice I can do. <laughs> oh, that's not true. All right, guys. <laughs> Were you biting your cheek? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, I do have to. I do have to call something out because uh, we haven't talked in such a long time that uh, I haven't been at the theater very much at all, especially since my daughter's been born. And uh, when I was there, I have to call out how supportive the two of you have always been uh, to things that I have done personally uh, to the art community in general. And I've always wanted to say thank you to both of you for your support and everything along those lines. Because uh, I hung up the variety show, geez, like over over a year ago. Over, It's almost two years now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just always wanted to say thank you because I always said thank you when I saw you. But I always wanted to say thank you to you, too, because it was always like, ah, oh, Ruth and Chris are here. <laughs> oh, thank God. In their usual table. At their usual table. <laughs> oh, thank God. The world is uh, the world. The world is right, because <laughs> backstage, I'm always like, no matter what the show is, I'm always like, are people gonna come? Are, gonna, are people gonna like this? Are people gonna come to this? <laughs> and then when I see you two, I'm like, I have a Ruth and Chris right here. <laughs> <laughs> Relax a little bit. There'll be some people that enjoy it. <laughs> we actually haven't been there much either. You know, we were just there the other night for uh, Travis and Joe's show that, which I have not seen yet. Oh, you have to. That's I hear it's fantastic. It is. It is. Yeah, that is just a fantastic show, as you'd expect from those two. I love those guys. And I love Joe. I love Joe's bravery coming forward and saying, you know, yeah. I mean, he just put out on his Facebook that he's a year sober. Yeah, and, and that, that actually does come into the show. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it was just done so beautifully. Yeah. It's it's fun because, like, kind of living through it with those guys and seeing their friendship. You know, they have another one of those friendships that's like, man, my friendship, where it's like, you know, you're 20 plus years deep, like your marriage. It's like you're, when yeah. you get 20 years plus deep with somebody, you know, sometimes there are things that you're like, hey, we've got a problem here. Yeah. And to be able to work through that is a really awesome thing to see. Friends do, people do, and then to come out the other side and not be ashamed of it is a really, really awesome thing. So I look forward to seeing it, but I have not seen it yet. It is very difficult to leave the house, <laughs> as you can well imagine. Yeah, well, now I'm in the position where to actually go and see that show, I have to have Chris drop me off at my office and then pick me up and take me straight down because I'm seeing clients until like 7.30. Oh, my oh, wow. gosh. Yeah. Well, congratulations, because I remember also... Uh, the lean times? The lean times. Yeah, exactly, which is why he doesn't have an airplane. <laughs> 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 now you're like, I need an airplane money. <laughs> He just wants me to be able to pay my own rent. Oh. Baby steps. <laughs> he has been footing my rent for the past five years. Oh, in the office? Yeah. That is, 
that's a partnership. That's it, it yeah. is. He's been oh God. He's been carrying me now since 2005 because that's when I quit my job to go back to school, and I had to wait until we could actually afford for us to just live on him. So he's been my sugar daddy since 2005. Well, I just uh, need a moment with Chris. Here. Okay, sure. Hey, Chris, man, what's up? <laughs> Not much. Hey, hey buddy, uh, I have dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Um, but. That is, that's a lot of sacrifice. That's a lot of sacrifice. It yeah. is. Yeah, that is amazing. I mean, I'm, I I don't want to be, because sometimes when I talk, it's like, it, I'm coming up with the sentiment while I'm saying it, so it seems disingenuous, even though it is genuous. That is incredibly cool. Like, you know me. Like, I know. <laughs> I just don't think genuous is a word. <laughs> It is now. If it goes out on the podcast, it is a real word. If it's disingenuous. <laughs> but no, like, I, I, being married for eight years this year and not not making a sacrifice like that, but also talking to my wife and saying, Catherine, of course, um, like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And then having the baby and understanding the sacrifice of having a baby and how that's going to impact like to be able to say in 2005, like you're like, this is the vision. This is kind of where I see this going. And for you to sign on, like that's what you want in a partner. It's like, that's you've got my back. That's huge. Well, it was a situation where this was something I had to do because I, I got my bachelor's in speech communications and I just kept on getting pigeonholed as a secretary. Mm-hmm. And no matter how I redid my resume, somebody would look at it and say, oh, you're a secretary. And as a matter of fact, for six years, we worked at, Chris and I worked together at the most dysfunctional software company ever. Um, I could tell you stories. and We won't mention the name, but it rhymes with Icro Oft. No, no, no. no. This, <laughs> this, this was a startup in West Bloomfield. It was bad. It was really bad. And... I was literally losing my mind. Oh, no. It, it was really bad. I mean, to the point where I was in the bathroom one morning getting ready for work, thinking about what I had to do when we got in there, and I literally threw up into the sink. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And that was my wake-up call. And so I knew that I needed to do something drastic to get out of that because, I mean, that's when I had to take I, that's when I had to start therapy that, and I mean, really start hardcore therapy at that point. Um, antidepressants were tossed in. I mean, it was, it was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And so it was getting to the point where I was going to be coming up on 40 and I didn't want to be doing that for the rest of my life. Right. And, you know, I, I kid about this, but it's kind of true when you talk about people who go into this field, we, the majority of us do this because we find ourselves in an office with our own therapist and we're thinking either I can do this or I can do this better than you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had that kind of aha moment. And so, you know, at that point it was either we go for this and let me do what I need to do, or you're going to have to watch me slowly slide even further into the abyss. Right. Mm -hmm. Take your pick. Which one is it going to be? Well, well. <laughs> and he's he's actually been through there through a lot of the abyss with me. So this was definitely preferable. Right. So yeah. Um, 
So it was a thing that we had to do so I could pretty much save my life. If I know that sounds dramatic, but that's kind of what it came down to. I don't think it sounds dramatic when when you've been through something similar to that. Okay. Um, you know, last last year, I do, granted it wasn't to the extent that that you had, but uh, last year was a pretty crummy year uh, because you know I'd been I'd been fired from a job. And then it took me three months, over three months, to find a new job. So I was living on absolutely no money coming in <clears throat> because they had fought my unemployment. And I got a job, but the job was a very high-stress job because I was a contractor working for a software consultant firm. Mm. And so they constantly expected me to be available to them, but I could only work 40 hours a week. Yep. And so it's like, well, which one is it? <laughs> do you need me? Do you need me all the time? Are you going to pay me all the time? Because y- you can't have, you know, you can't have one without the other. You're going to pay me if you need me, but you're only allowing me to work 40 hours a week. But things have to get done by Friday. So you have to be like perfect at time management to just squeak by. And it was it was so stressful. And this. I can remember uh, a bunch of times we would be recording transmissions from the dark side and I would have my phone with me and my phone would beep to indicate I had received a new email and I would just sigh. And and Jen Hansen would look at me and be like, you okay, buddy? <laughs> and it would be, you know, I know I got an email, but I just don't want to look at what it is. Because it could be them asking me to get online and fix something. It could be them asking me to do a wide variety of things that they were always doing. And it was just getting so stressful that once I got a phone call saying, Hey, we saw your resume and you look like you'd be a really good fit for a direct hire position with a major company that would not be pulling any of the nonsense they're pulling on you. I was like, yeah, I'll take Friday off and I'll come in for an interview. And I had the job by lunch. Fantastic. Yeah. And it was just, it was, you know, six plus months of every time your phone beeped, you know, to indicate you had a new email, you'd tense up Mm -hmm. and you'd think like, oh, I just don't want to look at it. You know, I, I know I have to eventually, but I'm going to find any possible thing I can do before I have to look at my stupid phone. And then, you know, within two weeks, things had completely changed. And, you know, then you had a new job and or at least you accepted a new job. You didn't have it for another month or so, because when I when I put my two weeks in the next day, one of the partners (laughs) at the consultancy called. Uh, well, sent me an email and it was like, hey, I don't think it's fair that we pay you for the rest of the two weeks when you don't really have anything to do. So as far as we're considered, like things are done. Oh, and cool story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, for me, I was like, OK, I get two more weeks of vacation. Hell yeah, because I built in two weeks of vacation um, in my I, and the thing is. This kind of annoys me. I shouldn't have done it because then I would have actually gotten a bonus this year. (laughs) But I get it next year, so it's all right. Um, But I got, like, I think almost four weeks of vacation 
in between the old job and the job I have now, I hadn't taken any time off because I couldn't because I was a contractor and I didn't get any holidays. So like Thanksgiving, nope, <laughs> that was that was t- po- money Tough out of luck. my pocket. Yeah. Oh, that just really sucks. It yeah. does. It sh- that shouldn't be legal, but whatever. <laughs> oh, they get away with it though. They do. It's um, it's encouraging to hear both of your stories because I, I had that situation and I've talked about it on the show where like I realized how absolutely sad. I had been for the last two years in my role at work mm-hmm. and it wasn't like I didn't like the people because uh, my leader was fine. I, I liked my leader. She was great. Um, <laughs> 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 you could tell that I, I, there's still a part of me like eh, she doesn't know how phones or electronics works, but she's going to find this fucking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad she's in charge of all the technical stuff. I'll cut all of this. Um, <laughs> seriously, like you're in charge of a uh, new business and new like go to market for all these new technologies. And she would be like, how does the email work? And I'm like, uh, how do you work? <laughs> how the fuck do you I really, work? I really hope that that was your answer for one of her questions. And then she'd say, what? And you'd be like, oh, no, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> but what I realized it was like, kind of to what you alluded to, Ruth, was that you need to, you needed to take those steps. Because if it doesn't get better, it gets worse. And oh, yeah. worse is not an option at... Once you realize, like, oh, this is where this is heading. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the saddest thing for me is having clients that come in that are so miserable with their jobs and they feel like there's no way out. Mm-hmm. Because there's the part of me that just wants to say, well, then just go. If you're that miserable, just go. Right. And I have to be with them as they go through the process and they're still working through and. They're depressed. I mean, some of them will actually come in and their pallor is actually gray. Mm. And you just watch them sink down further and further. And I'm sitting there feeling helpless because I can't fix this because you can't fix other people. And I can't be sitting there saying, oh, well, this is what you need to do. Mm. Right. But just watching people go through that, having gone through that experience myself, it just breaks my heart. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's human existence, right? When you yeah. know some that just by doing something, you're gonna you're going to improve your life by exponential, exponentially. There we go. You're gonna improve your life exponentially, but you're too scared to do it, right? Like, I've been too scared to do a lot of things, and then when you finally do them, you're like, "That was it. Yeah, that was all this was." It's I've amazing been... how much we can build things up in our head. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's... I am so guilty of that. Well, it's so easy. Yeah. It, because I don't know what the other side is. Exactly. So it's like, that's unknown. So I can make that other side, whatever it is, instead of like, oh, no, I just don't work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all the other side is. <laughs> and then I have to figure out something else to do for money. And there's a lot of things to do for yeah. money. But uh, that is, so I'm trying to kind of bring everything together. You you helped make that happen, Chris. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We'll be back with more matters after this.
Welcome back to Matters. I just want to make sure uh, before we move into the last section that if they're because Chris, you had such a great blow line there, I had to I had to pull <laughs> it. I mean, that's just my comedy coming out of me. Um, but I didn't want to cut anything short. If we had any other ideas, I think I did want to hear like the end of your story, Ruth, in terms of. That things are on the looks like on the up and up. Like we're gonna get some sweet airplane money. Yeah, um, it's interesting because now I can legally say that I'm a psychologist. Um, the state law is that until you are a fully licensed doctor, you cannot call yourself a psychologist. So what you have to do is create an LLC and advertise under that. And it seemed like once I became fully licensed and that designation was changed on psychology today, suddenly I'm showing up in more searches. Oh. And so I'm fielding a lot of calls now. And these are people that have insurance. So once I actually get that figured out, they'll start paying me. Yay. Um, <laughs> and plus, I've been doing a lot of work with the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, I just presented with Rachel Crandall Crocker, who is the... Um, the co-founder and president of Transgender Michigan, the creator of the Transgender Day of of Visibility. She's the one that created that whole thing. Oh, wow. And so I did a co-presentation with her a few weeks at Affirmations. Um, And so there's been more interest out there. Um, It's kind of interesting that right now... um, that straight people are in the minority of my caseload, and I actually love that. (laughs) that people are comfortable enough with me as an ally to be able to come in and see me. That's huge. That's awesome. It is. That's really good. It is. So, um, yeah, people are coming in. Um, People are at least inquiring. I mean, there's some people that will send the email saying, hey, looking to see if you're taking new clients, and reply back, yeah, sure. Um, Tell me me more about what's going on, and then nothing. I'm like, okay, dang it. Right. What did I type wrong? <laughs> Probably nothing. <laughs> exactly. I was like, that first step was all they could make. Exactly. And and I do honor that, that it's really difficult to reach out in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I've had a few people come in that said, I have no idea how to do this. I've never done therapy before. Tell me how to do this. And I'm sitting here like, okay, so how do I talk them through this without scaring them half to death? That's... Hmm. As somebody who's only been on the patient side, that that's an interesting question. How do I do this? Like, yeah, I've never had somebody say, "How do I do this?" Usually, it's um, usually when somebody comes in, the first session is a getting to know you session. So I'll start off with, "Okay, just tell me what you want me to know about you." And usually, if I just ask them that question, they're off to the races. They're telling me everything, and I'm just sitting back. And taking in as much as I can, because sometimes it's overload. But there's been a few people where they're saying, I don't even know what to talk about. Well, obviously, there's a reason that you're here. Why don't you tell me about that? Let's start there. Yeah. It's just like a podcast without all the wires. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that would work. Uh, (laughs) I Well, there is something therapeutic about podcasting and getting in front of a mic and having honest dialogue honest conversation like last uh two weeks ago uh, matt and i had a pretty honest and frank conversation about our friendship mm-hmm. which was um really really sweet um and i really appreciated like being able to capture that moment number one but being able to have that moment 
I don't know if that would always happen. I mean, Matt and I are actually fairly vocal with how much we love each other as friends and how much we both have meant to each other throughout our lives. But that's not always the case. And sometimes the microphones can get that out of you a little <laughs> bit faster. <laughs> Unless you want to say something different. No, no, that was... Did that I was, do that, that right? Was good. Yeah. That was good. That was so good job, in Matt. therapy talk, the microphone is the neutral transference object. Ooh, what's that? Well, essentially, it's essentially placing onto that object the things going on inside of you. So um, as a therapist, I'm a neutral transference object. So if somebody was having an issue with a parent, it can come out during therapy, and then they start speaking to me as if I was okay. the parent in question. And I've had a few really scary sessions where somebody just completely melted down on me and it seemed like it came from out of left field. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> right. And still trying to keep my game face on while this is happening as I'm scrambling. But then it became obvious. Oh, OK. Yeah. Transference. Cool. Right. It's become. So I have to ask because sometimes there's like the type of therapy that I've done. I don't even know the name of it, but it was more like, hey, let's just talk. Let's just uh, get this out there, get okay. this out in the open, and um, kind of by talking through it, we were able to um, get to an ending point of like, oh, that's kind of the thing that I think is actually bothering me. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of relational therapy, which is what I do. Um, I come from the long line of humanistic existential therapists, and I refer to us as the warm, fuzzy branch of psychology, where you're not looking to diagnose the person in front of you. You're looking at everything going on in their life. So mm -hmm. if somebody comes in and will say, well, you know, this sounds kind of stupid, but I want to talk about it today. By all means, talk about it. Because if it's, if it's bothering you, then obviously it's important. And so you're just piecing everything together. And then you have that aha moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, so you talked about this, this, and this, and this. Are you seeing what I'm seeing over here? So I kind of view myself as a mirror that I hold up and say, okay, this is what I'm seeing. Are you seeing the same thing? Or am I completely off base here? And I had that conversation really early on that it's really, it's, there's a real possibility that I could go off on the wrong track with something. And it's up to the client to tell me, no, actually, Ruth, you're wrong. And then I say, okay, well, then help me to understand what's going on. It's interesting because that makes me think of Jason Mansukis, who's a comic and has been on like How Does This Get Made, and uh, he, he's, he's super duper funny. But he did you made it weird. Uh, he's also on the Good Place. He's on the Good Place, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, he did a uh, Pete Holmes's podcast. You made it weird. Where he was talking about his therapy, and like he was in it for a long time, mm -hmm. and finally, like maybe a year and a half into therapy he mentioned his egg allergy like he is eggs will kill him okay. he will like go into anaphylactic shock because of eggs and his therapist was like wait what <laughs> it's like yeah from childhood i've had a i've had this really serious egg allergy um why have you not mentioned that before? <laughs> I didn't think it was important. His <laughs> therapist was like, Jason, I'm here to tell you that that's pretty much everything. 
Everything is about your egg allergy because of how people treated you about your egg allergy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. Well, we're the outsider looking in. It's kind of like, you know, the saying about the can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. So I'm on the outside yelling, it's a forest. <laughs> Look at the forest. <laughs> but really, the ground right now is super duper interesting. Well, I'm so happy. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Because this has been a long time. I remember when you got your first, got through school the first time, and you were out there in the office, and you were like, I have one client. Yep. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And she was my one client for such a long time. And then she just kind of decided she was done. And you just had that moment of, like, wait, there's... What about me? <laughs> <laughs> now I need your help <laughs> to stay here because there's airplane money that needs to be coming <laughs> in. You haven't met Chris. He's the <laughs> nicest man on earth. <laughs> he needs a Cessna. He needs a Cessna. <laughs> and I'm afraid of small planes. So yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, work it out. He can't have the spruce goose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um... But no, congratulations to you. Uh, we'll get you that plane, Chris. Okay? Eventually. Uh, that that matters. That You're going to get that matters bump. Uh, <laughs> for a plane. She can plug her website for you. Right, exactly. <laughs> Just when we get to how can people get in contact with you. Okay. And then it's like, boom, dollar signs. <laughs> Chiching. A Hardee's commercial. A Rally's, Rally's commercial. People are going to hear this and go, she's too crazy to be my therapist. <laughs> And I'm like, she's just crazy enough. <laughs> uh, we've reached the part of the show where we talk about what we are into this week. Uh, this could be anything from a new book, a new song. Uh, a um, Last week, mine was uh, outside. There was a party and somebody put balloon letters out there spelling the word Joe. And I thought that was cool. So it's truly anything <laughs> in the world that you're into. I will go first. Go first. Um, my wife and I, the other day, were downstairs because uh, uh, my daughter's sleeping, guys. Yay! We have been consistent and rigorous in our 7.30 uh, habit of winding her down and putting her to bed. And I have been feeding her tons and tons of food uh, to try to curb hunger. And we're doing formula and things are going a lot better she's super active she's climbing stairs big update on rosemary she can climb stairs now guys i saw that uh pretty crazy pretty soon she'll be off to college <laughs> i know right i'm like she's seven and a half months old now she's making decisions about her own life she's thinking daddy i don't need you anymore and i'm like when did you need me to begin with uh, <laughs> um but no it's it's super awesome and we were downstairs Rosemary was sleeping, and Kevin Hart and um, Tiffany Haddish have a movie that came out a couple weeks nice. ago. So, like, it's all their promo for it. So we watched them do promo, and then there was one that came up. It's like, uh, uh, it's boy, my bl my mind just totally left my body. Um, Tiffany Haddish and who? Kevin Hart. Thank you. <laughs> Girl, nosebleed. Pass out. Kevin Hart. Uh, trolls NBA players 
<laughs> and it's all the times that he's been on like the sidelines, like yelling at NBA players from, because he's a fan of the Phillies. And he'll be on uh, he'll be on the sideline and just like bagging on people, or he'll be on Conan telling stories about him and Shaq are friends. Shaq actually gave Kevin Hart probably his biggest break in a oh, comedy really? special. Yeah, Shaq had this big comedy special, and Kevin Hart came and he just crushed it. And like seeing the two of them next to each other, oh god, is like seeing an infant next to <laughs> next to a, a six foot tall person. It's just like he towers over Kevin Hart. So he's he's doing all these hilarious lines. And then finally, at the end of it, there, there's this guy and he's wearing the ugliest coat, just this hideous coat. And in, uh, I think it was Shaq. He's like, what do you think of his coat? And Kevin Hart's like, that's top five ugliest coats I've ever seen in my life. He should go to the store, buy another one and throw them both in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Catherine and I were roaring. Like it was that perfect amount of like we haven't slept enough, but we're here together. And it was it's a funny line, regardless. Mm-hmm. But it was just both of us <laughs> looking at each other. So now we went to the store yesterday. We went to Ulta, and uh, she was like picking something up, and I'm like, "Sure, you don't want another one of those?" She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, buy two, and we'll throw them both in the trash." <laughs> Uh, so Kevin Hart making fun of NBA players is my uh, is uh, what I was into this week. Matty, you got anything? Um, so I I really liked uh, you saw this uh, earlier today uh, with me. I really liked the stuff I'm seeing from the new Hellboy. It looks um, looks pretty nuts. So this this are they relaunching Hellboy the movie? It's complete complete reboot. Yeah. Okay, and the David guy Har- David Harbor. The guy um, from Stranger Things. Yes. Uh, he is Hellboy. Um, I'm trying to remember the rest of the cast. I believe Ian McShay is Professor Broom. Um, Daniel Day Kim is playing Ben Daimyo. Mila Jovovich is playing the Blood Queen. So Whoa. she's the, she's the, um, the baddie in this one. And it's a hard uh, R on this hard one. Hard R, yes. So... There's going to be some blood. Oh, there's going to be some swearing, too. Tons of it, apparently. <laughs> Salty language. Salty language. Though, I mean, there's there's not a ton in, in the comic, but like once in a while, he'll say, like, son of a bitch or something. Well, that's not really. Or bastard, maybe. Oh, no. I know, I know. Watch it, your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that a demon swore? <laughs> <laughs> When's it coming out? Do you know? 2019. Okay, so, so still a, still a ways away. They they haven't even released a trailer for it, but the uh, at the New York Comic Con they showed um, some stuff from the panel that apparently uh, people thought was pretty cool. I've only been able to read descriptions and see the one shot of Hellboy with the flaming sword, but uh, it looked pretty cool. I like it. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm not a fan of though. What's that? People making stupid trailers and then listing it as official trailer on YouTube. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. (laughs) Don't do that. Yeah, that guy sucks. Yeah, and there are so many. Like, I, because I thought that they said that they had released the trailer, and I was like, oh man, I gotta go watch that. And so I, I, you know, clicked on the first one because it said official trailer, and it was just clips from the other two Hellboy movies in standard definition, where I was like, God (laughs) damn it. (laughs) 
You suck. You are the worst. Just remember to do th- thumbs down so that everybody else sees the ranking and goes, this has one upvote. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ruth, yes. Chris, do you have something that you're into or would love to share just that you don't think gets enough love and credit? Let Ruth go first. Okay. Um, I have been watching videos on YouTube by James St. James. Uh, he's the author of Party Monster. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. He has a series through World of Wonders, uh, Wild Presents, um, called Transformations. And it's him and a, either a drag queen or a drag king that will come in and do their art on his face. Because as he puts it, he has the perfect Charlie Brown round face without a lot of features. <laughs> and the stuff that they do to him is absolutely fantastic. There's over, I think, 200 videos now in the series. Oh, wow. Whoa! It just kept on popping up as a suggestion, and finally the other week I decided to click on it, and I am just sucked into this. It's about 15 minutes, and... That's the perfect length. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, I've, I've been watching a lot of videos the past couple months of people reviewing um, really bad movies, and it's like they'll go over a recap, and then they'll make jokes through the whole thing, they're usually 15 minutes to 20 minutes and they're movies that you really never see other people review. So I'm always like, Oh man, they did death stalker. I'm going to watch this. <laughs> so I understand that like, once you see that there's like a hundred videos, you're like, well, there, there goes, you know, my entire weekend right there. Just yeah. on a loop. Yeah. A lot of yeah. times I'll come home from the office and fire up the Roku and just go to that and just kind of zone out watching him just change. I mean, it's, yep. and it always starts off with welcome to my face. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see one of these. Oh, you yeah. have to, yeah, you have nice. to just, just look up James St. James and you will find there's a whole essentially channel of it. So I will admit, I did not know that there was a drag King. Yes. Women who do drag as men. Hmm. And they that did make s- sense. Yeah. And they did some of the more impressive transformations on him. And one actually turned him into a lumberjack, which was totally huh. awesome, seeing the, um, seeing the end result of it. Interesting. We will check that out, because I'm always interested to see. Like, you did some beautiful drag a few years ago. I did. I was, uh, it was quite fetching. I yeah. was sister, sister. Yes. The second sister with a <laughs> C, my friend. Yes. <laughs> I loved the beard. Yes. I, 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 Heather Sechnowski did a really nice uh, purple glitter beard for me. I was a I was fetching. Yes, you. I was fishy. No, what's the good one? Fishy is the good one. Okay, I was fishy. I was fishy enough. (laughs) I made sure that day to go and cash a twenty, so I had singles, so that every time you walked by, I was like, "Um, excuse me." I was like, (laughs) "Let me put them on my rice tits." (laughs) Chris. So I got two things. It's fall cider donuts. You you get one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> cider donuts cider donuts i have to say that my dad owns a cider mill so whoa <laughs> oh oh wait which Buried one the lead past tense up in uh, lapeer oh okay they also have a haunted house <gasps> what and you haunted- mean you mean like the one they run and not just the one they live in right yeah <laughs> and a haunted hayride and a haunted corn maze yep it's only an hour north it's not that bad so, so Matt, what he's people sitting here straight up <laughs> delighted like it's christmas morning well or or for me 
Halloween morning. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, um, my friend Brett, uh, he had worked at various um, haunts in the area, and he was going to work at one um, north of, geez, I think maybe along 32 mile or something, you know, quite, quite a ways up and he lives around here. So that would have been a hike for him. Um, but then he was, he was like, ah, I can't do it with my job cause I have to be up so early. So I'm just going to do the one that's right around the corner that said, uh, what is it? 13 and John R. And then he was like, I can't even do that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm too tired. I like, <laughs> cause he, uh, he works at cafe muse oh. and he has to be up very early every morning. And it's like, I, I, I'll just go to a haunt. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to work for one. Forget it. But I'm sorry. So cider and donuts. Cider and donuts. Yep. Second one. Uh, this can sound odd. The British Baking Show or British Bake Off. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> man, uh, I love this show, especially the the most recent season with Sandy Toxvig and Noel. Uh, yes, I was surprised to see Noel from the Mighty Boosh there. I was like, what? Because I, I did fall in love with Mary Berry. I think Mary Berry is delightful. And uh, Was she not on? She was not. Oh. So there's been quite a row. Oh. Um, yeah, I guess after, uh, Paul Hollywood is a strong personality. And uh, Oh, I think did they have a slight disagreement? They had a tiff, is my understanding. And it was time to renegotiate everything. And it always seemed like they got along fine on the show. I guess that's editing. Yeah, That's the magic of television. Um, and I think Mary Berry is probably done. And then uh, Sue and... Uh, you can only have so many princess cakes, I guess. That's true. The Princess of Torot. Oh, those look so good, though. It was delicious. But I like this new season, too. I like that they kind of returned to form with um, going to show the technical challenges being made. Because mm-hmm. they did that in the first seasons that they showed in the UK that haven't come over. What do you like about this show? Because I like so much about it, and I can talk about it ad nauseum. I, I think my favorite thing is just watching that these competitors aren't—they don't act like competitors. They act like they're you know they're best friends. Just that is that it, is. It's not like you know American. Like, it's not like they're trying to vote each other off the island. You know, it's just each I, one of them after a technical challenge looks at each other like. Fuck if I know. They're like, I'm with you, mate. Like nobody knows. That's uh, that is the one thing that I noticed the first time I watched it was no one is undercutting anyone else. No one is being a miserable jerk. They're all just trying to get their thing done. And the camera like follows the different people and you see how panicked or not panicked they are. And and if they've got extra time at the end, they'll help out the other people. Yeah. Going, it's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish that there were more shows like that because I think that the the kind of shows that, you know, we typically have as far as competition goes here just breeds the next generation of assholes. And we've already got such a backlog. We don't need more. The other thing I found out crazy is that the contestants, you know, the winners don't actually get any prize. They get some money to f- cover ingredients for you know, for practicing with, and that's it. I mean, granted, you know, the exposure gets them into you know lots of things, right? Like one of them got a book deal mm-hmm. out of it. Oh wow, that tends to be like one of the bigger things. Is like, well, we want your recipes in a book mm-hmm. now, please. Hmm. But yeah, you know, even like the RuPaul's Drag Race, where you know there's a big prize in there that you know 
changes the competition a little bit. Or is this well, plus the fact they moved over to VH1. Yeah. And then it's, okay, we need more drama. Yeah. I All-Stars 3, I hated how that went down. Well, that was the one where there was obviously a clear winner, like somebody that everybody was rooting for, and they got rid of them, right? Well, it was, well, Ben de la Creme was obviously going to win and couldn't handle the fact that every single week she had to judge who was going to stay and who was going to go. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. So she voted voted herself off the island. Exactly. And I, I, spoiler (laughs) alert for those of you who have not seen the season. No, um, I understand why she did it. I I wouldn't last on something like that where you're essentially pitting each other these are against my, each other. These are my coworkers. Like mm-hmm. you're making me cut my coworkers. Like they go mm-hmm. out on tour. Yeah. They go out together generally. And some of these are really tight friends, like in All Star Two, where you had Alaska constantly keeping Roxy in, even though Roxy just absolutely sucked. And the convoluted reasoning that she went through just to justify keeping the hoops. her in. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, one of you did this, but one of you gave me the shirt I'm wearing right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's completely perverted now. So, yeah. I wish they would have stuck with Logo. Logo let them do the show the way it was supposed to be done. Right. You know, like, let RuPaul and the judges be in charge and let them bond with each other or hate on each other. There was already enough drama. Right. And now it's VH1. Oh, let's have Lady Gaga show on and just, you know, do a show based around that. Was, no. Get back to what you were doing. When it was good. Yes. Uh, but no. It's and get on, off my lawn. It's on Netflix. <laughs> it's on PBS. The Great British Baking Show is a freaking delight. I want to make nearly everything. I want to make the stuff that's really hard. Like they did a, what was it, a Napoleon cake or something like that? Mm-hmm. And it was like 17 layers, ridiculous. And I'm like, I want to do that. Like Catherine and I, I, I love saying my wife, which is why I say it so often. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Catherine and I talk about like practicing doing Genoese sponges because we <laughs> did Genoese sponges that did not turn out well. They turned they, out like. They tasted okay. It was just that they did not have the sponginess that you guys wanted for the princess cake. Right. So Paul would have hated it. Paul would have been like, this is a Robo Frisbee. <laughs> He's also uh, a Beatle. Yeah. <laughs> I play drums. Uh, Ruth, Chris, how can people get in contact with you if you're interested in them getting in contact with you? Chris, I'll go with you first because you're easier. Me? Just find me on Facebook. Uh, find comments on the matters. Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> Reply to that. That's the easiest way. I love it. Uh, Ruth. Okay. I am on Facebook. I have a website for my practice, which is safespacetherapy.info, or you can call my business number, 248-491-8152, or you can search on psychology today. Look at you. Awesome. Yes. Maddie. Uh, I am at Karate Dracula on <laughs> That is exactly Instagram. what you want following here, there, if you want. <laughs> Safe space and Karate Dracula. <laughs> they go hand in hand. Eric Hanky, just like it sounds. Eric Hanky, just not, not, a, not at all. Not, not. I am at Matt Noss on Twitter, Matt Noss 77 on Instagram, Matt Noss on Facebook, and we are at Matters Pod on Facebook and Twitter. 
and even our website is matterspod.com. So you can just get directly to it. And uh, by the time that this is recording, we're on Spotify finally. Uh, so uh, look at us. We's all grown up. I don't know why I said we's. I didn't mean to say wheeze, but I did, and it's going to get cut. It's just... I'll just go with it. It was in the moment. Ah. Let's make it up words tonight. We're all grown up now. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, we'll catch you on the next episode of Matters. Matters. The String. Chris, you knew that was coming. You knew it was coming. I was going to wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> It was a good try. It was a solid try.